Good morning. Uh, welcome as we come to worship today, whether you're in person uh, or whether you're online. If you're joining us for the first time, we bid you uh, a really warm welcome here in St. Columbus, uh, Dara Volge. Um, we begin, as usual, with a, a piece of scripture um, to settle, uh, settle ourselves, um, to still ourselves, to hear God's word uh, open before us as we come um, to worship today. And today it comes from the book of Malachi, the last of the Old Testament, uh, chapter 3 and verse 6, and it says this. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you've turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. So return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. It's a wonderful invitation this morning, isn't it? God says, return to him, and he will return to you. That understanding that the Lord stands right close uh, beside us. When we step into the light to meet him, he is waiting for us. We're going to hear um, God's word read to us um, now. In my distress, I cried unto thee, O Lord, and he heard me, and delivered my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from deceitful tongues. What shall be given unto thee, or what shall be done unto thee, thou false tongue? Sharp as arrows of the mighty, as coals of juniper. Woe is me that I sojourn in Meshach, that I may dwell in the tents of Kekor. Kekor. My soul hath long dwelt with him that hateth peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they speak of war. And uh, thanks to Tommy uh, for reading us uh, God's word today. Uh, let's pray as we dig into this this morning. Father God, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity and to come before your word. Your spirit is living and active uh, amongst us. And so would you whisper softly, would you shout loudly into the very depths of our being in this moment, we pray. Your word and not my words penetrate our souls today. In your name. Amen. Amen. Um, today we begin a new series um, called The Journey. Um, we'll be spending the next number of weeks looking at the Psalms um, of Ascent. Um, and as you heard Tommy read Psalm 120 um, today, that is the beginning of the Psalms of Ascent. They go all the way up to Psalm 134. Um, and mostly we'll take a psalm a week as we look at it, uh, but some weeks there'll be a couple of psalms um, put together They're a little bit shorter, and they have the same kind of themes packed into them, uh, and so we'll take it that way. But the psalms of ascent um, are these uh, psalms that were used in the annual pilgrimage of God's people. Um, you might recall, uh, if you've come to church or you've been about church or you've heard Bible stories over a period of years, you might recall that story that sometimes we share or tell um, to our children of uh, Jesus getting lost in the crowd uh, whenever they were traveling um, to and from the temple. Um, every year, the Jewish people who had been dispersed uh, across the land would travel up to Jerusalem. Um, whenever the high priest would sacrifice for the nation, 
um, in the Holy of Holies. And the whole uh, of the Jewish people would travel together. They would, uh, almost like a large um, caravan of people, if you like, um, you would see um, them on the main road and all this little side roads, if you like, all coming in, people coming and gathering until this throng of people were on their way to Jerusalem. And on their way to Jerusalem, they sang these songs, these 15 um, psalms of ascent, as they're now described, ascending up to Jerusalem. And these psalms of ascent tell the story of God's people. They call God's people uh, back to who he is and who they are. In other words, they remind them who it is that they worship and who they are in their story and in God's story. And that's what they can do for us today uh, as well. But there was actually much more than that because as parents and grandparents, as aunts and uncles gathered in this throng uh, on the way to Jerusalem, singing these songs every single year, the children would have picked these stories up, picked these songs up, and would have heard the story of God's people, heard the story of God's faithfulness to his people. These would have been songs that Jesus would have sang every year on his way to the temple. This isn't just about a pilgrimage. This isn't just about you or I finding our place in a story. This is about us passing on faith to the generation that is coming behind us. This was a community event. This was an event where the whole of the community of Israel joined together to be a part of. These Psalms of Ascent became their battle cry. They became their security net. They became the things that they remembered even in the dark days. Do you know, whenever I was a wee nipper um, growing up in the estate in Kells, uh, we had a CEF worker. Hands up if you know what CEF is. A few people, Child Evangelism Fellowship. So um, they, they were to work with children on, on big greens in the middle of an estate or run five-day holiday clubs or, or whatever. Uh, but one of the local workers lived just down the road from me. And I remember, I think I've told you some of this before, but I remember um, Jonathan teaching us um, little Bible verses, uh, memory verses. And if the rain came on, uh, we went into his coal shed. And we came out dirty. And then I had to go up the estate in the house and tell my mummy that I was dirty because I was learning memory verses. Now, the first few times I tried it, I did it. She didn't believe me. The next few times that I tried it, she said, well, what was the verse then if you were learning memory verses? And I had to quote it um, to her. But you know what? I can still recall many of those little verses. Uh, there are days whenever um, something isn't quite going right for me, and that little verse that I, that I memorized at a coal shed in Condor Avenue in Connor will come back to me. Because God's Word is an abiding Word, and it speaks in to our very souls. And so actually, these Psalms of Ascent became, in a sense, the songbook of a nation. These Psalms of Ascent were what abided in the nation of Israel. 
What abides in you? What abides in me? What abides in us? What do we turn to? What do we remember? In the good days and in the bad days. Eugene Peterson describes these psalms as a long obedience in the same direction. He evokes the theory, if you like, that if something is worthwhile, it takes time to get there. The pilgrimage to Jerusalem, that high point of the Jewish year, took time to get there, but it was worthwhile to do it. It was the right thing to do. It took effort to leave your home and to make that journey on foot. It took effort to memorize these songs so they could be sung in the community of faith. Because if something is worthwhile, it takes time to get there. Growing up in this state, if we didn't, we, we were taught if, if we didn't have the money, we didn't buy it. Um, and so I remember as a child um, visiting my aunt, um, who on uh, the days that we visited my aunt, she used to uh, whisper to me on the way out as she shook my hand. She always shook my hand on the way out. Um, and in the hand was a 20p piece. And then she'd hug me after she'd shook my hand. She shook the hand, gave me this 20p, as if my mother would never know that she'd given me this 20p. And I used to take these 20p's, and some days I'd blow it all on 20p's worth of midget gems in the local corner shop. Imagine that. That was a, hell, that was a lot of midget gems in those days, let me tell you. Uh, the other times I would have put it in a little money box, and I would have tried to save up so I could go and buy a little pack of football cards or whatever it was I was working towards. But it took time. It took time then to purchase and to get something that I then saw value in and that I felt worthwhile. But the world that we're a part of is very different today. Instant is the mantra of our culture. I was photocopying a couple of sheets just before the service started. And already I was speaking to the photocopier and telling her that it was far too slow. Because we want things now. We can't wait to save up for X, Y, or Z. We can get it on credit. We want it to happen for us now. If our phone slows down so we can't look at whatever internet page we're trying to look at, we kind of get frustrated with it. Do you remember we used to have to sit and listen to... Do you remember the dial-up tone that you used to have to sit and wait for before you could connect? Instant is the mantra of our culture. And so actually, this concept that something takes time, that the Christian way of growing, of slowing ourselves down, that we might hear the Lord's voice and journey with Him, that we might put effort and strategy into that, flies in the face of everything else that we're being told in the world around us. But a long obedience in the same direction, as Eugene called it, involves two things. It involves one, discipleship. And discipleship was the recognition that you and I are apprentices of the Master. That we can learn 
from Jesus, that we are his disciple, that we are his follower, that we, as we spend time with him, we can learn how to do life. That's what an apprentice does, isn't it? If a, an apprentice plumber, he just doesn't leave uh, the tack uh, in Lisburn and suddenly go out and decide that he's going to plumb a house. No, he serves his apprenticeship. I remember um, one of my friends grew up to be an architect. And whenever he was serving his time as an architect's firm, and the first ever house that he was allowed to design on his own, uh, whenever his boss looked at his drawings, he said, there's something inherently wrong with these drawings. And he was baffled as to what it was. He had included no windows in the house. Absolutely no windows in the house. Now, if that master architect hadn't been beside him, Showing him the right way to do it, that would have been a very different house, wouldn't it? And so actually, discipleship, this concept that we are apprentices of the master, that we spend time with Jesus in order that we can learn from him, that takes time. It just doesn't happen instantly. And the second thing is that we are pilgrims. We're on a journey. Our, our journey is a journey towards God. That each day, each week, each month, each year, we would grow closer to him. And we've touched on that so many times already in this service this morning. That as pilgrim people, we are on a journey towards God. That this place is not our home. We're designed for so much more than just, just the here and now. But yet, we are designed and created fearfully and wonderfully that we can be a part of the here and the now and we can affect it for his glory and for his honor and so you would almost imagine that the psalms of ascent being a songbook of the people it would start off with something that is really upbeat we'll start off with something that is absolutely uh, exciting no psalm 120 is not that but it is the first in this dog-eared song book. This is a pilgrim call, recognizing that it's not enough to simply be discontent with the world and the status quo around you. To simply grumble about it or, or complain about it or say that things are not the way that they used to be. No, it's so much more. They need to be thoroughly shocked, repulsed by it, almost. You see, if you look at verse 5, the psalmist says, Woe to me that I dwell in Meshach, that I live among the tents of Kedar. Too long I've lived among these, those who hate peace. Now, those two places that are mentioned, Meshach and Kedar, are, are miles and miles apart. And really what he's saying is that I sit in the middle of people who are constantly quarreling. These two places were known for their fighting, infighting and fighting against each other. And I'm sitting in the middle of this. And everything else that's going on around me just seems out of place because he declares himself to be a man of peace. He sees that he is completely different from the world around him. He's discontent. He's repulsed by the fact that everybody else is fighting and at war with each other and he doesn't want that. What he wants, we find in verse 1, I call to the Lord in my distress and he answers me, Save me, O Lord, from lying lips and from deceitful tongues. That feeling for change drives him, drives him to be the change in his world. And change in a Christian context 
It is called repentance. Repentance is that 180 degree turn. It's a complete turning away from where you find yourself. And whenever you know that you are not in a right place with God, that something is not quite right, small or major, and so you repent and you turn around again and you begin your pilgrim journey back towards the Lord. But repentance is often misunderstood as an emotion, something that you feel. But it's not, it's an action. It's a decision. It's a decisive, active moment in your life where you say, I've had enough. Have you reached that point? Preacher included asking himself that question. Thoroughly repulsed and shocked at where we find ourselves that we would want to turn and to run towards the Lord yet again. See, this first song in the journey is not an upbeat one. It's melancholy. It's thought-provoking. But that's often where change starts, isn't it? Change often starts whenever we ruminate on something, whenever we think about something, whenever we become melancholy about that situation and we begin to allow it to dwell upon us in our thoughts. And so then we, say, we decide, again, that decisive action, we decide that enough is enough, that there needs to be change. Whenever we search the inward parts of ourselves, whenever we not only confess our sins like we've done as a community already today, but we admit our need of God, this is whenever a true journey towards God begins. For some of us, maybe we've been on that journey for donkey's years. For others, it's a relatively new thing. And for others, it's a journey that maybe the Lord is speaking to us about today that we need to turn and to begin. Wherever we find ourselves today, we are disciples and we are pilgrims journeying towards the Lord. And whenever we step out of the darkness, whenever we step away from skirting the fringes of the darkness, of keeping one foot in one camp and one foot in the other, and we step fully wholeheartedly into the light, the Lord is there willing to welcome us. Because He is light, and where there is light, there can be no darkness. So will you join me on this journey as we Look at this over the next number of weeks. Will you search your story? Will you allow what the Lord has been speaking about to us today into your thought process for this week? Next three weeks will help us to engage with who it is that we worship and what our story is in the world around us. And doing this together, just like the nation of Israel, journeying together as a community of faith, doing this together as a community will help us to understand this dog-eared songbook that is the Psalms of Ascent. And we know that whenever something is dog-eared, it's well-worn. It's well-used. 
The old preacher once said, show me a Bible that's falling apart and I'll show you the person who isn't. Why? Because we know that it's contained in these pages is a life-giving word. We're on this journey and we're on us together. Let's pray. Father God, as we continue on this journey, you have called us in our daily work and in our daily walk. You've called us to come after you, to follow you. Lord, today we pray that we would hear your voice afresh and anew. That it would gladden our hearts And as we serve you, as we offer our gifts to you, that we would be your hands and your feet in the world around us. Today, Lord, spark a sense of hope within us, the tiny stirrings of a desire to know you more, the deep resolve to go forward in our journey. Give us a vision of what could yet be whenever you touch our lives. Lord, we want also to pray that you would deal with us gently in the fears or the anxieties or the trepidation that we'd have as we take another step on this journey. Bring peace into those moments of hesitation, of uncertainty, or into the darkness of the unknown. Into your decisions, bring us, give us wisdom and discernment. As we finish um, today with Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.